0: The Mariners have made some news recently, including a comment by Jared Kelnick, as well as the Hot Stove League. We're also going to talk about some of the minor league and major league signings that the Mariners have made on the relief pitcher front, as well as the international draft class that is now coming through. And we're going to wrap it all up with some spring training key dates for you. Welcome to episode 53 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network, the Arthur Rhodes episode of the podcast, Joe. How about that? Dude, you said that we weren't doing this. You said we were only going to do 52 and give me some obscure guy. And here we are doing Arthur Rowe. I get it. alright? He's your guy. That's your guy from way Arthur. back when Arthur. I get it. Okay. No more after this. I'm doing well on the Arthur Rhodes episode. And you know, my, my, my golden child, my, my favorite Mariner for the last couple of years is making some headlines today in the Twitter sphere. Jared Kellnick was on foul territory and you know as that show does is is asking the questions that maybe certain other podcasts or media outlets can't really ask and eric kratz i think it was eric kratz i was interviewing him right i mean i know todd frazier was a part of it i don't know if it was kratz for that specific part I but i know it. todd frazier played a part in that podcast okay. Continue. It. my apologies if i got Thanks. the name wrong but just you know comments about the 54 percent stuff and jerry making the prime babe ruth isn't gonna fix the team there's a, a multitude of issues and jared was calling that a distraction for the team within the season and you know people then started to point out well after jerry made that comment the team started playing better and then also you know jared calling uh, you know the pot calling the kettle black it's you know it's a bit wishy-washy with how i think the interview went overall and just the the general reception you know i if when the when the mariners and the braves play if they do play in t-mobile next year i would bet that jared is not receiving a standing ovation And if i were to place a bet on it it'd be on bet online online is one of our favorite partners to work with as part of the believe network when you head to bet online and use promo code believe On your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% off welcome bonus. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. And there's no strings attached for the Seattle sports fans, unless for some reason you're an out-of-Seattle sports fan for football. Because unfortunately, the Seahawks did get eliminated. But no strings attached means you can place bets wherever you feel like without your emotions getting too heavily involved. And say you're not an NFL bettor, maybe you like the NBA more obviously bet online has you covered there and going even further down the line. They've got the NHL. They've got every major sport that you guys can think of. So head to bet online to place those bets today. They've got you covered with all the up to the second odds news and scores and you've got additional odds lines and trends and that info is available to you on both desktop and mobile so you can access the world's best wagering info anytime anywhere any place remember that's code b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online it's where the game starts so colton what do you make of jared and this is there anything to this or is it just kind of we're gonna let it go by yeah no there's nothing to it there's absolutely nothing to it. Jared's right. Yes, he he was a distraction during the season, kicking the cooler and whatnot, and that whole thing. But there's nothing to this. Like, I mean, it is what it is. He's not wrong. Like, I mean, yes, the the comments we've all talked about ad nauseum the the problems with the comments that Depoto has made and that 54% comment. God, we know we hear it every day in our friggin' comment section. Oh, 54%! <laughs> so it's like he's he's right when he says that it was a distraction for the team. All, all these things kind of compiling on top of each other. Did it lead to distractions in the clubhouse when the guys were trying to focus on the games? I'm not sure. Because the team started off really slowly in 2023, but played really good for the second half of the year. So I don't know. I don't necessarily know. And obviously the 54% comment was after the season. But I guess that maybe that's the taste that guys get in their mouths for the offseason because of that comment. And I think that, you know, maybe free agents are looking at Seattle and being like, oh, well, if the... You know, president of baseball operations says stuff like that. I don't know if I really want to go there. We'll never know. We'll never know if that's actually what's going on. Instead of just focusing on baseball, we're hearing all these excuses and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's a big, big old thing of nothing. That's all it is. I I really just want the season to start. So that way we have, I don't want to say like actual things to talk about more so, but things that are more akin to what we enjoy about the sport of baseball and if you guys like there's nothing wrong with enjoying free agency trades and like i don't say like the drama with things but this is not our bread and butter this is not what we necessarily root for the mariners for is seeing dirty laundry or maybe not even dirty laundry but kind of being aired out in interviews and whatnot so that's why we turn our attention to the hot stove show seattle sports 710 did a it was like two-hour radio segment interview thing with a bunch of different guests and cal was on there brand brown the new offensive coordinator was on there um what i just realized i have a problem yeah back back in the day i don't know if any of you guys remember this but this is probably 2015 ish era Uh they would like they would have a hot stove episode at one of the mariners team stores which i'm pretty sure have all shut down by the way except for the one in downtown and the one at the stadium. Like there was one at South Center Mall. There was one at Bellevue Square Mall. I think they're both shut down. I don't know that for sure. But they used to have the hot stove show live there. And it was super cool. You could go meet Rick Riz and Jerry DiPoto has been there before and players have been there. And, that, you know, why don't the Mariners do stuff like that anymore? This is just going back, it was a video you made last offseason, like the fans deserve better, all centera- centered around like fan fest and, you know, getting the fans and the community more involved. It's not a bad shout, you know, make a another live iteration of this where you get good interviews in person, you get to see personnel, you know, all the people and players that you care about. You know, Colton, that's, that's a good problem to have, I would say. But something that the Mariners hopefully won't have a problem with next year is how their offense is going to be constructed due to our new offensive coordinator, Brant Brown. He's not a hitting coach. You know, he's not with Jarrett to He is a completely different role. He is a strategist, offensive coordinator, taking day-to-day approaches each day, line, you know, everything. Like it's going to be something new every day. And there's just a lot, I think as it stands right now, a lot to like about what has been said about Brant Brown, leading up through this off season going to next year. And also what he's just said in general, like he's talked about being really excited about working with Julio more. Duh, you know, low hanging fruit there. Obviously anybody would be excited to work with Julio, but it's the the tone and just the diction that he's using is in an article by Shannon Dreher. Great article. Just like how he's super, just he's a freak athlete and you could tell that he wants to get after it more so than everybody. It's just, he's going to be a force to watch out for. And with Brant Brown's, expertise because he helped the marlins a bunch of a bunch of their players last year stocks rose in terms of their hitting prowess like continue to allow luisa rise to almost hit 400 guys like jorge soler had great years so there's lots to i think appreciate about where the coaching direction is going and just the maybe it's not necessarily a complete shift in ideology for the mariners but in that article as well never once mentioned never once mentioned dominate the zone which is something that They've tried to do, and then Teo and Gino came along and kind of put that in the in the garbage can. But I don't know. Golden, do you have any, I guess, extra thoughts about Brant Brown or things that you're looking forward to with like differences in the coaching staff? I mean, something needed to change. Like it's plain and simple. The Mariners' offense was bad last year. I mean, we saw Julio. I mean, Julio was an MP, MVP five last year. But let's be honest. If you take out the month of August, which obviously you can't do, but Julio was pretty mediocre. Like, if I'm being honest with you, like, you get him up in the ninth inning, you know that he's not coming in clutch. It's not happening. And, like, you know, he was swinging through a lot of pitches. We talked about it before the podcast. He was trying to play hero ball. Hopefully, and we've heard a lot of good things from about Brant Brown, from whether it be Luke Rayley who used to uh, be with Brant Brown. Obviously, we saw the stuff with Jorge Soler and people, you know, saying to the Mariners, maybe this is their ploy to try to get him. I don't really know. I mean, an offensive coordinator, you, you'll never know what... what they can do for a team until the product is out there for 60 70 plus games you can actually see the processes change because realistically i mean you think about it, the marlins had hired had hired uh barry bonds it's like okay mm-hmm. like cool but he wasn't good like the the he was there for like a season or two think about when the mariners had had edgar as a hitting coach everyone says oh they they need to they need to blah 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 bring edgar back and the mariners offense wasn't very good when they had edgar either it's about the personnel that's on the field so i don't know if Brent Brown is going to be a guy who's going to be like the Perry Hill of of the offense. Like, obviously, Perry, you know, he's a gold glove. He he makes the gold gloves. He makes turns players into the best versions of themselves defensively. I don't know if that's going to be Brant Brown on the offensive side of things, but like like I said, something had to change. And th- with how bad the offense was, I mean, there was really no way to go but up in 2024. I think the biggest change that I've kind of gathered from just listening to interviews, reading some of the, like, columns written about him is there's a bigger focus on the diverse pool of hitters and different profiles that they will play and roles that they'll play in each like game and how that can change with who's on the mound or what the situation is up to bat you're talking about julio playing hero ball if it's you know the 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 worst fear comes comes to fruition that he is a warm weather player that he can't hit when it gets cold you know at the beginning of the year in seattle and maybe it's more so that he needs just to change his approach. Maybe he's not bailing out for power. He's going to start trying to, you know, I mean he does a great job of hitting the ball the other way, but he's not going to be just swinging out of his ass every single time he has the opportunity to. Maybe his ideology about like the situation can change and maybe Brant Brown can play a big, like a big part of that and allow that slow start to not have to, you know, be as big of a worry and he can continue to string together bigger successes. Throughout the beginning of the year and have that sustain through the entire year. You've you said ass in the last like four podcasts in a row. I like ass, bro. Um, Speaking of ass, there was a question posed to Cal Raleigh from Aaron Goldsmith on that radio show. Talking about, you know, what how successful Cal was in 2023. Just had a great year overall. And before even talking about himself, talking about any success that he had, he mentioned that, you know, they had work to do. And you're talking about, you know, the offense wasn't as good. There's things to improve on. Obviously, the team didn't make the playoffs. They know that they had bigger aspirations than they met in 2023. The fact that Cal, when he's being lobbed a meatball just to brag about himself for a second, he's still a team first guy. That is something that I think will resonate with all the players. Not to say that that's not already the case with a lot of the guys in the clubhouse and how they're, you know, a team, brotherhood, whatever. It's just seeing it. And hearing it again, because I think the same thing happened with Cal earlier in the year when he was on foul territory. It's just like, he has continued that, I want to say it's like PR Cal, but he's had good radio spots where he's still putting the team first. We all already knew, just reinforcing that. So we've talked way too much, Joe, about radio shows. We're our own damn show. All right. So now let's get into some real news. The Mariners have made a couple of signings, including a 40 man roster guy. Let's first talk about Austin Voth, a Seattle, Washington-ish native, right? Where was he from? Redmond, Kirk? I think. Redmond, Kirkland, somewhere up there. So yeah, I mean Austin Voth, you know, he's a swing guy for the Mariners. Maris signed him for like I think one point two five million or something, something along those lines. Yep. Um, probably factors in somewhere in AAA, I would assume to start the year, uh, unless you know some other things happen. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But what do you think about Austin Voth? Well, that forty-man spot. It's just, I think, a, a tough one to kind of nail down of where he's going to start because he, don't, he doesn't have any options, I don't think. And so, it, to, to me, it feels like the Trevor Got signing from last year of a guy that does not get signed a minor league deal with his invite to spring training. He is getting a major league deal, one year, $1.25 million. I think he's going to be a factor in the bullpen on opening day should he not get DFA'd, right? Wasn't great last year for Baltimore? 80 ERA plus over 34 and two thirds innings pitched a 5.19 standard ERA. So not great, but in 2022, I think it's, you know, where the big value comes in a 129 ERA plus across 83 innings, a regular 3.04 ERA. And Colton, you mentioned he's a swing man. The Mariners are according to Shannon Dreher going to have him be stretched out as a starter and then make him shorten up as the season goes on into a relief role. So it's, seems like we kind of already have guys like that on the roster. One that's getting paid a lot more money than 1.25 million. And, you know, if Austin Voth can be similar to what we were trying to get out of Anthony D. for, you know, a fraction of the cost, I'm not, I don't say worried because worried is not the right word, but... I'm intrigued about how the roster will come together. I think with if scafani's still with the team, if Austin Voth does make the final cut, kind of a thing like the final 26-man every day, like opening day roster, because there's only so many pitchers you can carry, and you've got the starting five locked in, and you've got probably what four relievers guaranteed with Munoz, Brash, Spire, Topa, so that leaves you with four relievers. Like there's there's a lot of options for the Mariners here, but. I don't know. Austin Both, nice ish. It's just where we see it go from, like go from here. He could be traded in the middle of the season, like Trevor got did, for you know nothing, or we could see a bigger move coming. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see DeSclafani get moved. I mean, in in my opinion, it'd just be a salary dump. Like I don't know what you're gonna get for Anthony DeSclafani. You might, depending on how the pitching market continues to evolve over the next month or so, maybe there's something there, but. Overall, he's making like twelve million or something along those lines, which is a lot of dough. And if you're the Mariners, that's a lot of dough that you would rather not be spending right now with your current financial constraints. And if Austin Voth can even be similar to the value that you can get out of diecalfani, then I think that maybe you look to trade diecalfani in some way, shape or form. Maybe you find someone to take on even half his contract and you pay the other half, whatever it's it's less money than you than you were paying him before. So, if you're the Mariners, I think that is probably the biggest or the next move you try to make here. Uh, Scafani, I think is a fine number five somewhere. And I think that you could find a trade partner for him. You're just not going to get a lot of value back, especially if you have them take on the whole contract, whoever you're trading with. So Austin Voth, if he fills that role, then sure. Yeah. Trade Di Scafani and have Austin Voth be that guy. But I do think Di Scafani does have higher upside than Voth. But when you're talking $11 million more, I don't know if I care. So Di Scafani, Tra- trading D. might be the next move for the Mariners if they're looking to shed some payroll before making some other signing or acquiring some other bat. It could also be another contract for contract swap, whether that be, you know, kind of similar what the Mariners did with Robbie Ray, where they got D. and Hanegar in that deal. It was a bad contract for a couple bad contracts. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot a lot of moving parts still with just a oh, le- little less than a month left until spring training. But moving on to some of the other guys that the Mariners have signed recently, we can talk about Ty Butchery. <laughs> is the guy yeah but i said but ty Butchery. what's your name joey something crable joey crable is that how you say it i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it but those are the two other recent additions along with austin Both. Mm-hmm. i believe i believe crable still has a um option as well so i'd assume he starts the year in AAA, a and then if you need him you can bring him up um and then he you can just kind of bust him back and forth if you need to mm-hmm. uh ty Butchery, i believe he was with the angels before i mean he's been around he's you know Whatever. It's depth. It's what the Mariners need. They need depth. And especially if you're filling out the roster down in Triple-A Tacoma, obviously pitching is hard to come by when it comes to the PCL. So, I mean, filling out as many guys as you can down there for the possibility of A, injuries, and B, if you do decide to trade some guys out of your bullpen, you have serviceable guys to fill in those spots. I mean, you're not lighting the world on fire with Butchery or with Crable or whoever else they've signed recently, who I can't even think of anymore because 90. I'm 99% sure they probably won't matter. But with that, with how good the Mariners pitching lab is, Voth, Crable, Buttry, other guys they've signed, one of these guys they might hit on. And if they do, that's fantastic for them, and they've shown they're good at doing it. Do you have any care in the world about what these guys could be? I mean, there's plenty to care about, you know. Topa and Spire kind of came out of nowhere. Butchery last appeared in 2020, so it's been, you know, a couple years removed from him. But in 2018 and 2019, he had ERA plus of 129 and 116 in pretty sizable innings. There's only 16 in 2018, but across 72 and a third in 2019, he was a very above average reliever in with the Angels. With the Angels, yes, and you know, suck it, Angels, kind of a vibe, but. You know, if he turns into anything, that's great. It's one of those situations where we're paying them, you know, league minimum to potentially come in and be the next Justin Topa. It's just a situation that a Mariners signing of any sort of relief pitcher or whatever, it's typically, like, keep an eye on it for at least a little bit. There's no, should be no head scratching of, like, why did they do this? It's just like, just wait. Because it could turn out to be something. This could also be, like, the Riley O'Brien that we are pounding the table for to come up from A, because he's been doing really well. That just never sees the light of day. It's, you know, there's plenty of ins and outs with these relievers. I mean, there's tons for the Mariners to pick from for those final spots like Voth, DiSiclifani, Kowar, Vargas, Yovera, Bolton, and then Crable, Sneed, Butchery, Diaz. At like, so many names that we may see all of them pitch. We might see two of them pitch. Like, it's just for the Mariners having as much pitching depth that you can i think i want say like, get your hands on because maybe we're just being greedy looking at you passing maybe we're just being greedy <laughs> with <laughs> with our collection of relievers that did not they're good they're, they're gone to the island of misfit toys for other baseball teams we're gonna make something out of nothing and the mares did it a lot in 2023 as well you think about like jb bukowskis again we saw topa aspire i mean trevor gott came in there are there's plenty of guys. You know, Ethan McGee was someone who I would have put on that list who came up and started for you, but also was kind of, kind of more of a bullpen guy. Uh, Chris Clark, I think it was from the Cubs, Rule Five guy. Yeah, like th- th- these guys are. You know, more than likely you'll see maybe one or two of them this year. But I mean, yes, you stacking the deck in your favor when the more the merrier. The more you get, like you're you're bound to hit on one of them at some point, and you you kind of feel it out throughout spring training. You kind of see where these guys are at. And then you decide, okay, do we want to keep this guy on our ro- on our roster over Preylander, for example? Which, probably not. I mean, Preylander definitely has more upside than all of these guys, maybe even combined. And I think that, you know, I would rather have Preylander in that bullpen than Ty Butchery. Yeah. But the Mariners also made some other acquisitions. And that was in the international draft class. And the Mariners made, I think, two in the top, got two in the top 50, right? Two in the top 50, three in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Joe? Read me some names. Forgive me for some poor pronunciations here. I'm going to start from the bottom, work our way to the That's top. why I made you read it. Yeah, I appreciate that. David Pena, right-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Eliseo Orbe, left-handed pitcher from the Dominican Republic. Zeus Nunez, shortstop from the DR. That's the, that's the that's name. That's my guy. That's, the that's name. That's my guy. <laughs> it's a guy to watch out. If there's any sense of, you know, you have to have a good name. To make it into professional sports that some people think is real or not. Zeus Nunez is the guy to watch out for. You've got Manuel Baez. A catcher from the DR. Manuel De Cesare. Oh, God. That's a doozy. De Cesare. No idea. Sorry, bro. Outfielder from Venezuela. You've got Duri Castillo. shortstop from the DR. Anderson Jimenez. A right-handed pitcher from the DR. And then this is where we get into the top 100. Gabriel. And then I pronounced it wrong last time. I was saying Gaunchez. I think it might be Juanchez. I don't know catcher from Venezuela. He was, I think the 78th ranked prospect from the international draft class. We talked about him a bit more in a previous episode of the podcast, just like who they are, what they could be talking about like Juanchez being like a guy that could fill out to be an everyday backstop, like a guy that has developed well in terms of catching skills and just its overall athleticism. All these guys are super young, super raw, super athletic. That is what the international draft class is. of you, getting guys with potentially high ceilings, but pretty low floors. They could turn into nothing. But next guy in the top 50, I think the number 48, Leandro Romero, shortstop from the DR. And then the the, the top guy for the Mariners this year, number seven, I think it was on pipeline, Dawell Joseph, another shortstop from the DR. Let's talk a little bit about the ages of these players because we're not going to see any of them anytime soon for what it's worth. So Joseph is 16 years old. What were you guys doing at 16? Joe, what were we doing at 16? Being a bunch of bums. (laughs) Uh, Baez is 18. The oldest guy on here is Castillo. He's 19 years old. Uh, These are just the guys from the DR that I have pulled up here. Uh, Romero's 17 years old, right-handed hitting shortstop, blah, blah, blah. So when you think about it, guys like Julio, for example, when the Mariners signed him back in, what was it, 2017 or something like that, you give it four or five years until you're going to see these guys. So are are they going to make immediate impacts? No. But this Mariners farm system is so young that you look ahead in, into, you know, a couple of years from now, you're going to start seeing, you know, the Cole Young's coming up and the Emerson's coming up. And then the next wave after that. And we've always talked about how, oh, great. The Mariners are years away again. You know, oh, we were going to get these waves in 2023, 2024. Oh, well now we have to wait till 2025, 2026. Welcome to baseball. The thing is about these guys is that they are what the Mariners have done by adding guys like for the international draft class. And, drafting high school guys in the draft this year you are basically making your farm system and your team as well sustainable for the next seven eight nine ten years and you are constantly funneling guys in because right now the mariners baseball team they are a very good team and a lot of their guys are graduated that's why you see the mariners farm system rank so low right now is because a lot of these guys are down in single a or even in the complex league so by adding guys like these from the international draft class, you were giving yourself the best chance to have a sustainable winner for a 10-year period. A 54% winner. There you go. All right. <laughs> 54%. And I think that you can never sleep on the international draft class. You just can't. I mean, like I said, Julio came from there. Uh, we, we've seen other guys, like Frankie Lindor was an international draft guy. Acuna, like... The best players in baseball pretty much always come from internationally. Like, you, the best player in baseball is from Japan. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, come on. You can't sleep on these signing periods. And I think that the Mariners are far and away one of the best teams when it comes to convincing some of the top guys to come here. Because every year, you hear that the Mariners are signing one of the top ten guys. Last year, it was Celestine, you know, and like Julio, of course. So, is DeWall Joseph going to be here next year? No. But should you still be excited about what, what you see out of him? Absolutely. You should still keep tabs in the back of your mind on guys like Joseph, on Celestine, on Jeter Martinez, etc. Because these this is the future of this team. You've talked about Jeter Martinez. And that's a guy that when we signed him, he was like around the 50 range. Same thing with Leandro Romero. And he was not within the Mariners top 30. So if you don't see these guys that get signed enter into the prospect like top 30 rankings... Give, him, give them some time. Gina Martinez had a fantastic dis- Dominican Summer League last year and has risen through the Mariners' prospect rankings and is in the top 30 now. Le- Leandro Romero is probably not going to crack the top 30, and if he does, he'd probably be at 30. Everybody else on this list is just waiting for them to develop. And Dalwell Joseph, he's probably going to be somewhere in the top 10 because that's where Celestine ended up as you know the number two prospect from last year's draft. He was immediately plugged right into the Mariners' top 10. I don't see anything different happening for Joseph. And it's just going to continue to stagger as guys graduate. There's going to be more funneled in. And, you know, Lazar Montes is a guy that's international draft class signing. Michael Arroyo is another one that are now in the top 10 or fringe top 10 that weren't there before. So it's just give them time to develop. And eventually they'll be getting, you know, major league invites to spring training, or they'll be in the background. Like the, the second, what what's it called? The secondary site. What is that called? The, like what? the The secondary site at spring training where it's like, like the, oh, minor the, league camp? Is it just minor league camp? I was going to say prospect <laughs> camp, but that didn't sound right. Same thing. Yeah, same ruff, thing. roughly the same thing. They'll <laughs> be there eventually, and you guys will be able to see all of the high-level prospects that you should be excited about that Colton's saying you should keep tabs on. And Colton, where might you see some of them this year? Well, you know what, guys? You might just see them down in Peoria, Arizona at spring training. And we got some key dates announced. Now, for example, last year, Felton Celestine, I was really excited to go down to spring training and hopefully see him. And then he had his hamstring injury. Or no, he had visa issues, right? Visa issues. And that's issues. why he couldn't get it. And then he had a hamstring injury later. Um, so he wasn't there until like the day after I left, which was super annoying. I was like, come on. Mm-hmm. But we have some key dates for you for the Mariners spring training. Um, you know, when it starts, pitchers and catchers. Guys, they report on Valentine's Day. Which is gonna be fantastic because God knows I'll be alone. So it'll be really nice. You know the Mariners always got you, buddy. The Mariners always got me on Valentine's Day, and I'll be feeling all down, but the Mariners got me on Valentine's Day. The first pitchers and catchers workout is the next day on the 15th. Position players report on Monday, the 19th of February. The first full squad workout will be the next day on the 20th. Then on the 24th will be the first game at Camelback Ranch versus the White Sox. That that's a Saturday. And another big note here, they do have the spring breakout game, which is the best prospects against another team's best prospects for the Mariners. It'll be against the Padres on the 15th, which is a Friday. I'm going to be at that game. So, hey, if you guys are down in spring training, I'll be there from uh, March 10th through the 16th. So if you guys are down there, make sure to say hello. The spring breakout game, I think, will be one of your best chances to maybe go and see DeWall Joseph. Could you imagine if he's in that game? Obviously, you'll probably see Harry Ford at catcher, but, you know, maybe they have DeWall Joseph at playing over there at shortstop or something you know cole young colt emerson i'm sure will be there so maybe he's just on the bench i don't know you'll see tyler locklear i'm sure um gabby gonzalez i would assume would be there just all these guys you're really excited to see if you're mariners fans playing in the peoria sports complex against the padres top prospects do you think that that's going to be the coolest game of the entire spring i feel like it's got to be or you know if you're into the prospects if you're more so just in tune with the major league team probably not you're not going to care a whole bunch, but for people that are a bit more attuned to it. Yeah, of course, it's going to be a ton of fun. I would say I would be very surprised if any of these international draft signing guys are part of that. I would say like Celestin would take precedence over Joseph in this situation. You know, maybe Gina Martinez starts the game. You know, we we get all these, you know, young up and coming guys, but there's, there's a lot to be excited about in terms of that spring breakout game and just the Mariners prospects in general. And just, I think, I don't know, baseball, it's, it's literally a month away. It's like super freaking close. And all I want is just to be able to sit down and watch a game pretty desperately. Yeah, this time of year is usually when um when I just go back and watch old games because, you know, it's cold outside, it's raining, everything sucks. Ha! Everything sucks! You know, that meme. Thanks, Joe. I'll just go back and watch a game. I could f- I, I, I could really use one of those right now, you know? And the 14th of February is less than a month away. Would you say it was like 28 days, something like that? Yeah. Like we're 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 this close, guys. We are so close we almost made it through the offseason. And if you're planning on going down to spring training in twenty twenty-four, make sure you check out our spring training guide, which is on the screen right now. Thank you guys so much for watching episode fifty-three of the Hit It Here podcast, the Dan Alta Villa episode presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners.